Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On this episode of Sound Reasoning, we're continuing our discourse on ecclesiology, the study of the church, what is the church, and um, what does it consist of? What is the function of the church? How should the church look? What are the teachings of the church? Uh, what are the various entities of the church? Who is the source of the church? What, is, what are the guidelines as it relates to how the church should live? All of these questions are answered or addressed under the doctrine of ecclesiology, which is the study of the church. And for the past few weeks, we've been uh, talking about the leaders of the church Uh, what the Bible tells us about the leaders, not what man tells us, not what certain uh, teachers are telling us, not what certain pastors are telling us, uh, but what does the Word of God tell us about the leaders of the church? We started off with the apostles, and if you missed that episode, uh, please go online to our website, Uh, under the radio show tab, and you'll be able to get the information about the apostles. Um, Bible tells us that uh, God has given the church some apostles. So uh, the next group are the bishops. Who are the bishops? And that's also on one of the previous episodes. Then the deacons, and then we dealt with the elders. Uh, And then uh, for our purposes, today we want to start off with the evangelists. Uh, this word comes from the Greek word uh, euangelistes, which means a messenger of the good news. So in other words, a preacher of the gospel. These are individuals who preach the gospel, um, and, and they spend most of their time preaching the gospel. Now, all of us are supposed to uh, preach and share the gospel, so uh, we're not talking about teaching or preaching the gospel in the general sense, but these individuals spent the majority of their time preaching the gospel, evangelists. And many times they're itinerant. Many times uh, they go from places to places sharing the gospel. Uh, Paul was an evangelist as an example. So God has blessed these individuals with the specific office uh, to be able to uh, go around preaching and teaching the evangelion, which is the good news. Now, let's look at Acts 2 and 18. Even on my servants, both men and women, I pour out my spirit in those days, and they will uh, prophesy. And then let's look at Ephesians 4, 11. Uh, So Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Now, when we go back to Acts 2 and 18, where it says, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Remember what we talked about in terms of prophecy. That's foretelling and foretelling. Foretelling, F-O-R-E, telling, 
in contrast to forth telling, F-O-R-T-H telling. So foretelling um, is found in the scriptures where uh, God speaks through an individual about something that has yet to happen and there's no prior record of it happening. Versus foretelling where we prophesy and talk about things, but whatever is prophesied has to be backed up by scripture. That's the main difference is we have a canonization uh, already established. So when we foretell, we are talking about uh, individuals that uh, claims God has told them something, but it needs to be consistent with, uh, with scripture that's already established. Uh, we can't uh, arbitrarily just say God told us to do something and God is doing a new thing, meaning that God is showing us something that's incons- that could be inconsistent with the rest of scripture or the rest of scripture doesn't support it because what you're talking about is so nebulous. God doesn't go against himself. So if God is going to show a man or woman something about the future or give them something to say about the future, then it has to be in harmony with the rest of Scripture. So when we talk about evangelists, evangelists are given a message by God based on the principles already established in Scripture. That's very important. Uh, don't, don't pay attention to people uh, who claim God has given them information, but it doesn't support the rest of Scripture. It's incongruent with the rest of Scripture. Those are individuals you need to stay away from. Even myself, as I'm sharing these things with you, I encourage you to go back to, to your uh, Bible, to go back to Scripture, and test the Spirit by the Spirit to make sure that what you're hearing from me is consistent with Scripture. For in the end, it's not about my pride. It's not, it shouldn't be about how I feel. It should be about what God is saying. A lot of people have feelings, but feelings are notoriously unreliable. Just because someone is passionate about what they're teaching or preaching, just because someone has a degree in front of their name, just because someone has served in a certain capacity for 30, 40, 50 years, doesn't necessarily mean what they're saying now is the truth. So it's important that all of us, we uh, hold people accountable, that we make sure that whatever they're teaching or preaching is consistent with Scripture. Let's look at 2 Timothy 4 and 5. We're still on this evangelist um, office. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. So this is Paul talking to Timothy, and he's encouraging him uh, to keep his head in all situations. Be sober-minded, Timothy. Um, that's what Paul is trying to convey to him. Endure hardship. And the evangelists have to endure hardship, especially in today's climate where uh, many people do not want to hear the truth. Many people do not want to hear you uh, talk about Jesus. Some people don't mind you talking about God because it's so general. That name is so general. That word is so general. But if you start talking about Jesus, people get upset. Uh, this polytheistic culture that we're in is not welcoming to evangelists. Uh, they, they don't want to hear people talk about the good news of Jesus Christ. They don't want to uh, hear the, exclusi- uh, the, the exclusiveness of the gospel. They don't want to hear about that. And what do I mean by the exclusiveness of the gospel? I'm talking about Jesus being the only way. And the evangelists, uh, they can't help but to teach and preach 
what Jesus himself has said, that no one gets to the Father but by me. So we ought to pray for our evangelists. God has given us the, the evangelists uh, to help supplement our preaching, to help supplement our teaching, meaning that their colleagues, their, their co-workers, they're working with the rest of the body, and they are there for a reason. Then uh, there's a group called the leaders. The leaders, and this, these could be your elders, uh, but the leaders. Uh, the Greek word for leader is hodigos, and it literally means a leader on the way, a leader on the way. Now, if you recall in the uh, uh, scriptures, we learned that the, the followers of Jesus Christ were first called people of the way, people of the way, people that follow Jesus People of the way, people that talked about the way to get to heaven, people that talked about the way to eternal life, people that talked about the way to uh, having a, a, a relationship with God the Father, people of the way. And likewise, even though we call ourselves Christians, we're still people of the way. We're showing people the way to a peaceful existence. We're showing people the way to get joy in their lives. We're showing people the way uh, to eternal life. We're showing people the way to uh, living single. We're showing people the way to having a, a workable marriage. We're showing people the way on how to handle your finances. We're showing people the way on how to uh, um, uh, 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 get to heaven by Jesus only. So we are people of the way. So leaders, uh, as I said before, come from the Greek word um, uh, which literally means leaders on the way. Hebrews 13 and 7. Remember your leaders who speak the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. This is Hebrews 13 and 7. So the leaders we have in the church, uh, that's part of scripture. That uh, if you're going to establish a church, that there has to be leaders. There has to be leaders. Those that God have called um, to lead his, uh, his people. It's not our church. It's God's church. But God called the leaders to set an example for the rest of us. Now, remember, leaders are not perfect. Leaders make mistakes. But they show us how to live for Christ, even with our blind spots, even with our vulnerabilities, even with our shortcomings. Leaders set a holy example of what it means to follow Jesus. Uh, they, give, they give us an example of how to serve Christ in our uh, mortal bodies. Hebrews uh, 13 and 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Hebrews 13 and 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. That's key. If you have a, a Bible teaching, preaching leader, and God's anointing is on them, it behooves you to follow their lead because God has put them in that position and God has given them a message by the power of the Holy Spirit to share things with the lay people. So if they're preaching things that are biblical, if they're teaching things that are biblical, we have to submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. And that's the other thing. Leaders are held uh, accountable. The Holy Spirit holds them accountable and God holds them accountable. And if we go back to Acts chapter five, if you remember the story of uh, 
the 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 married couple, um, Ananias and Sapphire, who were being held accountable by the leaders, and they lied to the leaders, and God took their lives right there uh, because they were uh, contaminating the church. When you lie to God, when you uh, attempt to lie to God by lying to their representatives, you in a sense lying to God. And, and God dealt with them in this case. He took their lives. In other cases, uh, we won't grow when we are being disingenuous in church um, to not totally be honest with God himself, to not totally be honest with our brothers and sisters, to not be honest in, in uh, our motives. Uh, God will hold us accountable. So uh, God expect accountability in our leaders, and we uh, also hold them accountable, and they hold us accountable, conversely. So have confidence in your leaders and submit to the authority, Hebrews 13 and 17, because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you, right? So we are connected to our leaders. And our leaders ought to have our best interest at heart. And if they're called by God, and if they're submitting to God, then we follow them. And then we make their, by following them, by submitting to them, we make their jobs easier. That's what Paul is conveying in Hebrews 13 and 17. We lighten their load because uh, sister so-and-so is doing their part. Brother so-and-so is doing their part. And we're not challenging uh, them for petty reasons. Uh, now again, uh, we're, this is contingent on the leader doing their job, but so if the leader is doing their job, uh, preaching and teaching sound doctrine, living in a holy manner and sharing the words that are consistent with scripture, then we have to submit. And when you submit, it lightens their load and it benefits us also because then you see the hand of God, uh, um, using that leader to help us to prosper. So uh, it behooves all of us to work in harmony. The next group that scripture tells us about are ministers. Uh, This word, like the office of the deacon, means servant. It originates from the Greek word diakonos, 1 Corinthians 3 and 5, Ephesians 3 and 7, Ephesians 4 and 12, ministers. Now, ministers uh, in, in, in in the general sense, we are servants, ministers. We are servants. Uh, we preach and teach the word of God as well. Now, let's look at uh, some scriptures that talk about this position of, of ministers. First Corinthians 3 and 5. What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task as the Lord has assigned to each his task. So in the general sense, all of us are ministers. All of us, 1 Corinthians 3 and 5. What after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. And that word uh, servants is diakonos, just like the word used for deacons. So all of us are to be servants, all of us to participate in the ministry of reconciliation. It's so easy these days to punt our responsibilities to specific group of people. 
It's easy for us to say the pastor is the one who ought to be disciplined. It's easy for us to say the pastor is the one who need to live holy. It's easy for us to say the deacon is the one that need to know God's uh, word. It's easy for us to say the elder is the one that need to be able to uh, rightly divide the word of God. It's easy for us to say the minister, meaning the one with the office of minister or the clergy, they're the ones that are supposed to um, understand God's word and, and apply to their lives. Well, let me challenge you. All of us have been called to serve in the capacity of a diaconos, meaning that all of us are to serve. All of us are ministers. Ministers are servants. Servants, all of us, are to work in some capacity for the glory of the Lord. So whether you're a mechanic you are a minister. Whether you're an usher, you are a minister. So th- this is what it looks like. If someone comes to the church and need to hear the gospel or would like to accept Jesus Christ, um, all of you, everybody that's listening to me that's a Christian, you have a responsibility. If you're not able to get to the leaders of the church and, the, and that individual wants or have a desire to be led to Christ. And again, I'm not saying uh, that you go against the process of your church. Let's, let's even uh, uh, leave it away from the church building. Let's say you're in a supermarket and someone wants to be led to Christ. You don't have time to uh, say, uh, I need you to hold on while I call my pastor. I need you to hold on while I call my deacon. You have a responsibility to already know how to lead someone to Jesus or how to share the gospel. Why? Because all of us have been called as servants of the Lord. We're ministers, all of us. We're told in the Bible that we have the ministry of reconciliation. We, you and I, we have the ministry of reconciliation. It didn't say that just the elders have the ministry of reconciliation. didn't say just the deacons have the ministry of reconciliation. It didn't say that. It didn't say just the bishops have the ministry of reconciliation. All of us have the deontological duty to uh, be ready to minister for God. Ephesians 3 and 7. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given, given me through the working of his power. This is Paul talking. I became a servant of this gospel. Again, that's that word servants, diakonos. He is a servant of the gospel. We all are servants of the gospel. Now, do we have a group uh, of the clergy uh, who spend uh, most of their time um, working in that fashion or working in that mode where they're uh, serving on behalf of Jesus? Yes. Yes. But In a general sense, all of us have been called to engage in the ministry of reconciliation. You are a royal priesthood, as the Bible tells us. You are holy. You may not see yourself as holy, but God sees you as holy. And holiness doesn't mean perfection. Holiness means that you've been set apart for God to use. Holiness and sanctification are synonyms. They both mean the same thing. You are set aside for God to use. So we do have uh, church leaders who are ministers. They are leading us. 
They're teaching us. They're preaching to us. Uh, They're serving on behalf of God. But conversely, uh, we also uh, are to work in harmony with our leaders by us doing our part. Ephesians 4 and 12, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And ministers help to do that uh, with the church family. Uh, They help to equip people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. It's a very uh, important um, perspective to have as we talk about ministers. Then lastly, uh, we want to touch on, um, uh, not lastly, but for this episode, we want to touch on pastors. The word pastor is derived from the Greek word uh, appointment and is translated as a shepherd. One who tends to the flock, Ephesians 4.11. One who tends to the flock. And uh, many of you all are familiar with pastors. Uh, you have pastors at church, uh, your church. Ephesians 4.11 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. So uh, this term pastor is biblical. Appointment. It means pastor. First Peter 5, 2 and 4, or 2 through 4. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing. Again, uh, uh, Peter is addressing to the uh, addressing the pastors what pastoralship looks like. Right? We are they watch over God's people, not out of compulsion, but because they have a desire to. They have a gift that God has given them to become overseers, to become under shepherds, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, being trustworthy, right? So the pastors should not uh, be using God's people or even others outside the church for their own purposes just, to, uh, just for them to get ahead, uh, just for them to become pro- financially prosperous, uh, just for them to get a position so they can lord over God's people. So Peter is challenging them. He's warning them, uh, do as God wants you to do. Be willing to watch over God's people, but not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, eager to serve, not serving God's people for ulterior motive, just so they can sell books, just so they can fill auditorium, just so they can have uh, TV commercials or TV shows uh, for their own purposes, not because they're doing it for God, but they're doing it for them. So uh, pastorship is a very, very important position, and uh, God holds those pastors accountable. Well, our time has come to a close. We will continue uh, the function of pastors on the next episode uh, as we go through uh, ecclesiology, the study of the church, and what the church leaders look like from a biblical paradigm. And as always, we thank you all for your prayers. Uh, We just recently learned that we've actually uh, accomplished uh, a feat by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have recorded our 200th show. So this this show today is 201. Uh, So we thank you all for listening, and we thank you all for your prayers. And as always, Uh, please consider becoming a financial sponsor of the Sound Reasoning Radio Show. You can go online and give, or you can write a check made out to Sound Reasoning Ministries, uh, P.O. Box 582-306, Elk Grove, California, 95758. 
We need your support. We need your prayers. And remember to always do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Hi, friend. Are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of, too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.